0: Welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell, and that is Kurt Sauter of Further Still Ministries. And this show we have done for a few years now, a show dedicated to men as an audience. Primarily, we know we have ladies who listen, and that's great. But we wanted to talk to guys, and we wanted to talk to them about the things of life that really matter. Sports, weather, and politics can matter. matter. They do matter. But at the end of the day, at the end of your life, um, there's only so many things that will really matter. And we believe here at Solid Steps that you're not fulfilling your destiny as a man if you're not walking with the person of Jesus Christ. And we want to be men who start pointing guys in that direction in different areas of life, work, uh, relationships. But today's show is a show we've wanted to do for a long time, and we're finally doing one. Because we have in the room right now some, some veterans of this, of this nation who uh, we are super excited to hear from and very thankful that they're here because this is going to be airing in and around Veterans Day. So this is a special Veterans Day show. We want to thank our veterans, and by no means can we talk to every veteran, but we've got some here in the room today, and they want to share their history, their story, and to give them honor
1: and uh, thank them for their service. And, and that's exactly right, Chad. We want to really honor veterans. And, and the reason why is because, you know, we, we live in a free country, and uh, we are blessed beyond measure to live in this free country. And the Bible says that we are to honor those who, who deserve honor, to give that honor. And so we, we want to honor you guys, and not just you three men who are in the studio today, but uh, if you are a veteran out there, we want to just thank you. Thank you for your service to our country, and thank you for serving in the military. And if you are listening and you, uh, you are not a veteran— when you see a veteran, we want you to say thank you. When you see someone in their military, uh, in their outfit, their suit, their, you know, I was just in a, at a wedding, and it was really fantastic, Chad. Um, all these guys were decked out in their Navy. And I, I was just like, man, I, I was going around just thanking them, thanking, thanking you guys for, for serving. So we have three guys. I want to introduce the first one guy is Ed. Um, Ed, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's absolutely awesome to have you. And, Ed, uh, you've been around the block a few times in this world. How old are you? Ninety-five. Ninety-five years old. And uh, tell us, uh, you, you you signed up for the military when you were how old? Seventeen. Seventeen years old. Yes.
2: And what was going on at that time? Well, everybody was volunteering, and they uh, I had uh, – at that time, I had a thirty-five Ford convertible, and uh, gave it for scrap because they needed the metal. And I signed up, and went into the navy. You went into the navy, yep. Yeah, yeah.
1: And what was going on in our with our country? Help help our listeners figure out what time frame. Uh, well, it was it was uh, uh, toward the end of World War what? World War Two. World War Two. Yes. And uh, you volunteered as a 17-year-old. Yes. And you uh, you were actually moving on. You, you, you
2: were flown out to California. Is that right? No, I went to Great Lakes first. And, Great Lakes. And then? And then I got put in the Seabees, and they sent me to Rhode Island. Then where? And then I went to California to Camp Parks. And then from California? I went to the philippines to samar
1: now when what wh- where uh, world war ii was going on and you had volunteered to serve our country in a horrible war um
2: what was going through your mind um well everybody was going and i wanted to go too you know i thought i could help thought and, you uh, could help Uh, I hope I did. I would do it again. And I'm not sorry I went. And uh, it turned out well. Chad, that's why
1: this is known as the greatest generation.
0: Yeah, and and that's what I wanted to ask Ed. Ed, was that common for your peers and your friends who are your age group, the 16-, 17-year-olds? They were looking forward to say, hey, I want to go.
2: And sir, was that normal? Yes, everybody was going. Yeah, everybody was getting up all the scrap they could and giving, selling it, and doing right. whatever they could.
1: Because if we don't step into the war and we don't do what we do, uh, there's just uh, who knows what could have happened with Hitler and all of Germany, and of course Japan and all the you know the bombing of Pearl Harbor and and all of that. Um, I, I, I'm just. I'm not for sure that our, our we, we would have young people today who um, would have that kind of courage that you guys, uh, that you had.
2: Oh, I think we would. You think so? Yes. I, I, I hope so. Yeah. I, I hope so. We've got the flag, and I think everybody loves the flag. Amen. I've got a flagpole in my front yard, <laughs> and I salute it every morning, and I, nobody bag make me take it down. Mm. I love it. Um, hey, Ed, let me ask you this.
0: Was there a moment for you during World War II – that you were watching on newspapers. There was no Internet. There was no TVs to be watching a lot of of what was coming in. But was there a moment for you that you said, that's it, I want to go? That was the defining moment for you to make that decision?
2: Uh, I don't know when it was. It was just something I wanted to do because everybody was doing it. Okay. And I signed up when I was 17. They wouldn't let me go until I was 18. Yeah. So uh, that's when they sent me to Great Lakes. And then then it um, was cold. (laughs) It was cold. It was cold. <laughs> to,
1: uh, to tell our listeners, Ed, that um, you were ready to go fight in World War II, and then what what happened? Uh, on, before you could actually
2: be deployed, what happened? Uh, the war was – well, I was in California, and the war was over. We were supposed to ship out the next day, and they held us up two more weeks mm. before they shipped us out.
1: And the war was over.
2: And the war was over. And I got on the ship and I got me a real good place right up on the front so I could see everything. And when it went under the Golden Gate Bridge, I was seasick. (laughs) So from there on to the Philippines, I stayed in my bunk. A navy man who gets seasick. That was yeah. probably a rough voyage, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the only time. I never did again. Yeah. And, and
1: you went to the Philippines. Yes. And then uh, after you, you said I think you were four months in the Philippines. Yes. And then you moved to
2: uh, Guam, Guam. To Guam.
1: And you were in Guam for how long?
2: Um, over a year.
1: Over a year. Yeah. yeah.
2: We were building grocery stores and things. for there was nothing there, but what we built.
1: Wow. Thank you.
2: Just a big rock.
1: <laughs> Ed, thank you for serving our country.
2: Well, thank you. i do it again.
1: Thank you. Okay, we're going to go to our next uh, our next guest. This is Harvey. Harvey, you are uh, how old are you, Harvey? Eighty-eight will be. And you, uh, you, you signed up for uh, uh, when you were how old? No, I didn't sign up. You didn't sign up.
3: My neighbor signed me up.
1: I got drafted. <laughs> you got drafted at 22 you were 22 years old and 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 tell our listeners uh you were drafted for what war
3: there was no war i was in between wars too young for korea too old for vietnam
1: and so so i was drafted drafted and uh getting prepared or was it um was it because why did were they still drafting if you're in between wars well they needed i ended up
3: being rotation troops over to germany Okay. I, I was living in Washington, D.C. I thought I'd be real smart, come to Louisville, go in at Fort Knox and stay there. I did. I lasted one week in Fort Knox. They sent me to Fort Riley and then two years to Germany.
1: Harvey, thank
0: you. So you were in Germany post-World War II? Yes. How many years past the end of the war were you there?
3: Well, we were just 57 and the war ended whatever year it was. So I was there in 57. Okay. Yeah. What
0: was uh, the atmosphere like there?
3: uh, Relatively friendly. Uh, Young kids used to love to see the GIs come around. The old people would just kind of glare at us. But anyway, uh, that's the way it was. You know, they remember the war. We remember, we were guest troops over there, and we were expected to act like guest troops, not to do anything to embarrass the Germans or the U.S. Army. And that
1: you were in the army. I was in the army, right? And um, and just back to you, Ed. You were in the navy. Yes, that's right. And then so we've got the navy, we got the army, and then uh, I, I, a little bit more, Harvey. So you served it for two years. Yes. What was going on in your heart as you were as you were being drafted? Did you have some fear or what was going through your mind?
3: Well, really, didn't have any fear, concern. You know, I'd only been married six weeks or so, and uh,
1: so yeah. I had to say goodbye to your wife.
3: Yes. She didn't follow me so <laughs> they didn't allow that but anyway uh it was peacetime uh, we didn't feel any threat but we went as rotating troops over in germany and there was a lot of troops in germany at the time
0: were any of those troops who were in germany holdovers over from the war
3: the no actual... I, don't, I don't think so okay unless they were career military right. and there were some career military even in our units and so just the career people, but the draftees were all young guys. Mm-hmm.
0: Good. Thank you, Harvey. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a break, and we've got another uh, gentleman in the room who we're going to hear more from who was in Vietnam, and he was a fighter pilot. And he's got uh, stories he needs to tell and need to hear. So we want to thank you for listening. Tune in for our next segment here on Solid Steps Radio. segment we were talking to uh, a couple veterans uh, we have here today one in the Navy one in the Army but we got one more here in the Air Force got to hit
1: the Air Force don't we Don
4: save the best for last <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don Waddell welcome to the show Thank it, you. it is absolutely a joy to have you at brother you've been on before um, you were actually on with my nephew um, uh, several years ago and uh, so it's great to have you back. And, and so uh, tell our listeners a little bit, you, uh, you, you signed up.
4: Not exactly. <laughs> I got a letter from the president uh, back in 1967 inviting me to be all I could be. And that meant I've reported for induction at the next month. And uh, I planned to get in and get out, but uh, I got in, and it really wasn't too bad, so I stuck around for 28 years.
1: 28 years. You retired a colonel. Uh, yes. And how, how long were you a colonel?
4: Uh, my wife says not long enough. She <laughs> she was spending the money, but I think it was about six years, as I recall.
1: Okay. And when, okay, so you, um, when you went in, what was going on? Give us, give our listeners kind of a historical context of what's, what was happening in the world.
4: 1967s, there, there were demonstrations on all the campuses and people weren't very happy with our government. And most of us didn't care much for the war. I didn't care much for the war, but they didn't ask my opinion when I went to the draft board. So uh, I got to sign up and uh, <laughs> I was uh, an English major in college and was on my law, law school when I got drafted. So I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. So I got in the Air Force, and it seemed like a good way of life. So I stuck around for 28 years.
1: 28 years. And you uh, and you flew. Uh, yes, I did. You flew... Um... What did, what did you fly?
4: I flew, well, fighters mostly, but the uh, F-4 in Vietnam and then the F-15 most of my career, which at the time was a, a brand new airplane, and uh, it was it was special. It's kind of not as special as those that I see today. They're more sophisticated and faster and that sort of stuff, but I was happy with the F-15 Eagle.
1: Now, now tell our listeners, because you had just gotten, uh, Nancy had entered uh, your world, your your wife. So you got you got you graduated from college. Get, uh, kind of give us a little uh, history here of of you graduated from college, got married. Is that right? Yep. And then got drafted. Yep. And head to Vietnam.
4: Yep. You know my story pretty well. You want to do the rest of this? <laughs> rest of this? Well, No. Nancy and I started dating when she was fifteen, and um, get them when they're young. Yeah, yeah, I know. But then she she left me when she went to college. And she called one day and said, hey, look, can we get together again? It was three years later. And I said, I don't Let me think about it. I'm not sure. But all that led to a marriage a couple of months later, and it's all turned out very well. Bless um, her heart.
1: Yeah. How many years?
4: You Keep asking me these questions. Uh, it's
1: well, I think you said 45? 57. 57. Some, of, something like that.
4: Call Nancy. She'll give you the right. Time. I can't remember. <laughs>
0: Now, Don, let me ask you this. Did you have any flying experience prior to the Air
4: Force? Zero, zip, not a... Never, never even thought about it, but once I got into the military, I thought, well, maybe if I want to stick around, I ought to try flying, and it was a good experience, and I really enjoyed it, loved it. So how do you... That always fascinated
0: me, because I was under the impression that if you were going to fly a plane, that experience helped, but... In that generation, not everybody had access to fly on a plane, right?
4: In 1967, 68, if you had a pulse, they would probably let you fly an airplane. Now, don't tell anybody I said that. <laughs> but it, it, they were more desperate than they were uh, uh, when first war first started.
1: Okay. So, Don, uh, uh, do you remember how many times you, how many missions you flew? You
4: 151.
1: 151 missions. Yep. How many times did you go, come back?
4: Well, 150 and a half, I think. I know. There's (laughs) a little bit more to that story, right? Yeah. You'd had to bring that up, didn't
1: you? (laughs) You, um, Tell our listeners, you had uh, had a little bit of a... um, Hiccup. A little hiccup. That's That's a good way to say it. a, A little hiccup. What happened?
4: I was returning from a combat mission at midnight at night in Da Nang, and it was a thunderstorm, and I had to land. So I did pretty good with the landing, but staying on the runway didn't work out so well. So... I skidded out in the middle of the runway. Why did you bring this up anyway i'm sorry <laughs> I it, uh I' skid out in the middle of the runway, and uh, I survived. i was afraid my career wouldn't survive, but uh it all worked out pretty well, and I ended up doing all the things i wanted to do
1: so hey so when you became a when like when did you stop flying i mean when you are when you became a colonel, you were done flying essentially
4: nineteen ninety one I could have continued to fly, but I didn't uh, pass muster, as you would. So I I went into staff, became wing commander, did a thing. So they were were all very rewarding things, but no more flying.
1: And then, uh, you know, just so so our listeners know, you, you retired out of the Air Force. Correct. And you and I had the opportunity to serve together at the church um, you you got ordained and oh my goodness you you had a whole nother career as a minister.
4: I think I get drafted into ordination also, but uh, <laughs> I just did what my boss told me to. Yeah, we served together and Southeast staff was just a wonderful experience for uh, twenty years, and uh, then they didn't need me anymore, so I went to work for Bob Russell for
1: a while. Uh, amazing, absolutely amazing. So so you were you the only person in your family? that served in the military absolutely you were the only one you had a, you had a brother he opted not
4: no, but he, good guy but he just I think he was 4-4-F F as I recall so he didn't serve so this was new to my family I never planned on it but uh Uncle Sugar had other plans so I <laughs> followed I saluted and followed <laughs>
1: <laughs> what uh what about you Ed you had you served what about the rest of your family um, did your dad, did your dad serve in the military?
2: Yes. World war one.
1: Your dad served in world war one. Yes. He was an
2: ambulance driver in camp Taylor. Wow. And, uh, I had an older brother who was in the air force. I had an old next older brother was in the Navy and I was in the CBs. And then my next brother was in the army and I had a brother who was in the Marine for, uh, nine years. And he just had to get married and got out of the Marines and he later died. So I lost him about two years ago mm. and, uh, then I had, uh, another younger brother who now lives at rough river that was in the army. Wow. So we had a bunch of, them in
1: you us. had a bunch of family members, My siblings mother. and your mom and your dad yeah. all served in the military. Yes. We owe your whole family a huge, oh, uh, okay. a huge thank you.
2: They would all do it again.
1: Uh, that's I, I I just love that uh, your heart and the spirit of you're willing to serve. Ed, was the expectation in the family that you were going to serve in the military? Did dads look
0: at the boys and say, "Which one do you want to do? You got to pick one," or was that just something that everybody did
2: on their own? It's my idea. Yeah, we just decided one day that my friend that I'd been in first grade with, it became a friend. We decided that we were going in, and I was working for the city garage at that time. And so we walked down the street, and signed up on our lunch period. <laughs> Unbelievable, um, Harvey. You had? Did you have
1: family members? Yes, as, as well. Yes, there was uh, six of us brothers.
3: Five of us served in a different branch of military. There was two of us in the army, one in the air force, and one in the navy. A little sad note: I worked for the same church you did, and I worked for Don Waddell. I <laughs> keep following each other around.
1: <laughs> now, yes. was your father yes. in the
3: in the military, Harvey? No, he was 4F. There was seven of us children. So. Now, explain 4F. That those. means he was exempt. Okay. Way down the line from being drafted. Okay. Yeah, I was 1A, which means I was up front. Okay. Yeah, that's the way that worked.
0: And he was 4F because he had how many kids? Well, what? six
3: at that
1: time. Okay. One later. Yeah, okay. So. Well, uh, Don, when, when you went in... Were you? You said one A. Is that, is that how you named it? Yeah. Is that how, is that what you were to a one A?
4: I think so. I was drafted. They didn't care. They were going to take. They the just regardless. said, "Hey, they this guy. We're
1: care. bringing him in. We're, we're bringing him in." Well,
0: I'll tell you what. We're going to take a break. We got two more segments, which we really could have twenty segments and, and fill all the stories up. But we got two more segments. We're going to talk a little bit more about their, uh, their history in the war and uh, their perspective on maybe the military now and, and how they see the culture today. So we're going to take a break, be back shortly on of Step 3. On our last segment we were talking to our guests about family history in the military and there's probably a few takeaways that they may have had in the military, whether they were in a couple years or a couple decades.
1: Yeah, so um, I really wanted to get your, you know, some key takeaways. You know, Don, you were in 28 years. Harvey, you were in two, two years. years. Uh, Ed, you were in two years, right around the World War is- II. Um, Harvey, let's start with you. What, what were some big takeaways? Or a couple takeaways from your time in the military?
3: Well, the, one of the things I learned real quick is there's a uh, picking order and there's discipline. And you didn't violate those, you know if you were getting up at five thirty in the morning to do k p you were expected to be five thirty in the morning to do k p or falling out for drill or whatever it was. you just were expected to do it. you didn't violate it so but also uh my trip and my time in Germany was not all uh in the field we were in the heavy artillery uh I was blessed to be the colonel's clerk uh Don would know about that so I didn't fall out for inspection. I went into a separate child line and such things like that, except when we went to field for battery training, then they didn't have a need for a clerk. So I pulled uh, duty, guard duty for 30 days out in the field. So anyway, but I I worked for the Colonel because I had a top secret clearance from my previous job.
1: So anyway. So, so Harvey, when you, uh, you, you said discipline. Yes. How did that carry over into when you got out of the military? Just, just, uh, I mean, you, you, you had learned what it means to stay focused and stay disciplined, and 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 it affected your work ethic, probably, right?
3: I would say so. Yes, yeah, had a lot to do with work ethic. You had a job to do, and you are expected to do it. I had a number of different jobs, and uh, each job led to another job, and so uh, that would say, I would say it. Led to that as far as a career after I left out because I spent 30 years at General Electric after I got out of the military.
1: 30 years of faithfulness at GE. GE. Yes, they had to love your discipline and focus.
3: Well, it did quite well, I have to say.
1: <laughs> That's awesome, Harvey. Um, Ed, what about you? What What are a couple of takeaways from your time uh, right around the World War II era when you were when you served?
2: Um. I learned to hate spam. <laughs> For those
0: younger viewers, listeners, spam is not the emails you're getting in, in your email. No,
2: We're talking about the spammy eat, right? That's right. Cool. But uh, yes. you know, I I never hated a minute of the time I was in there. I was glad to get home. I missed home, missed my family, and my girlfriend.
1: And uh, that was the girlfriend uh, the, is that the, the one that became your wife? Yes. And, and just tell our listeners, I know you, you, you shared before the show, your wife passed away
2: uh, four, four and a half years ago, four and a half
1: years ago. You were married. How many years? 68, 68 years, 68 years. And she was, uh, waiting for you. Uh, uh Yes. Probably praying like crazy. Lord, bring him home.
2: Yes. Uh, I was in, uh, the- Philippines with her brother and her brother-in-law. And we did not even know we were together until we got home. Wow. And, uh, of course we became friends, played golf with all of our life and, uh, happy times, mm. you know,
1: sweet memories.
2: Very. Yeah. I met her at Fountain Ferry park and skating rink. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's when, uh, you could you could walk all over low with this, Nobody would hurt you and you'd leave your doors unlocked and the keys in your car, nobody bothered anything and you were safe, you know. Well, times have changed, haven't they? They really have. We lived in uh, Fern Creek and we had uh, no key to our house. My dad never took the key out of his car and, uh, I swiped it a couple of times, but he doesn't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell. Okay. And, uh, Everything's good. Tell us uh, w- uh, some other
1: things that you learned. Uh, you mentioned, I think, in the break, um, in your uh, your time in Rhode Island, there was some marine training.
2: That was marine training. That was tough training. That's where you lay down under, go under open fire and bob wire over your head and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, pretty tough training, but it was good
1: what 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 was uh it was good about you in creating i'm I'm assuming what Harvey said you know just discipline
2: um you had discipline for sure if if you didn't you were in trouble, <laughs> and I never got in any trouble the whole time I was in there because i I knew what I had to do I volunteered and I did my part
1: that's uh, that's
2: you know would do it over again it was easy,
1: thank you. Yeah, i'm I'm really grateful for your time ed thank you very much uh Don what were some like key takeaways things that you learned in the military that you know as a, that, you know you became a minister um how, how did uh, you know I mean but how did how did the military and the discipline and all the things that you know how did that impact you
4: becoming a minister had little to do with my service in the military <laughs> I, it's my time to repent perhaps but now i'm being facetious but uh, for me going in the military got drafted nancy and i just got married and here we were separated almost immediately and uh, that was hard but i think more the family separation without a doubt was the biggest uh, biggest thing that troubled, i guess both nancy and i and we learned how to deal with that and i think the women that go in there go in maybe not to serve, but they end up serving in their own way. And I think Nancy just did that beautifully and uh, certainly appreciate that because Vietnam, I was gone for an, uh, a year, then went to Okinawa and I was gone for two and a half years and then went back to the States and got to know each other again and that was good. But the uh, family se- uh, separation built our relationship in a very positive way and we're benefiting uh, from that now. Uh, and I think you asked about earlier, Sacrifice to me is the key to what require, is required of a good military and of a great country. Duty, honor, countries—the way uh, MacArthur would would talk say it, the words. But then I think about Proverbs three, five, and six, and that's kind of what the marching orders of the Christian: is to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. And He has directed my path and my wife's path quite clearly.
1: Mm.
0: I got a question for you, for all of y'all, is maybe more for Don because of the, the perception of what was it like when you came back? Cultural-wise, society-wise, coming back from the war, what was it like? I kind of got the perception that it wasn't great if you are in the military. How, how was it when you came back, Don?
4: Well, I say when coming back from Vietnam, it wasn't particularly warm at all. Matter of fact, there was a lot of resentment. The headlines were against the war, and people took those resistance to the war and re- resistance to the people who served, and I, th- I think that was wrong. I, I, I can't blame them necessarily, but there was just sort of a
2: hostali- hostility uh, distance.
1: Mm. What about you, Ed?
2: Mm, I didn't have any problem when I came home. I was just glad to be home.
1: <laughs> glad, glad to be home. Glad to be home and uh to talk to our listeners uh, um what you maybe wish us civilians knew about you know we I uh, you know I've Chad has never served in the military. I I've never served in the military. What are some things that you wish us civilians would maybe know or understand about the military?
2: Um that's a hard question to answer. <laughs>
1: Is anything come to your mind,
3: Harvey? Well, I guess uh, to appreciate what we went through with, you know, Mm. we were separated from family, uh, overseas, uh, young married people. But when I came back, uh, it was a different time period than Don. I came back when the economy was booming, jobs were available, uh, there was no resentment at all to anybody who served in the military. So I missed all that. We were in a different time. Mm. different time period and you came out when Harvey in 59 okay yeah
1: 1959 it
3: just goes to show the difference what a decade can
0: make in somebody's life right so we're gonna take a break and uh, come back for one, one more fourth and final segment to hear some more uh, war stories perspectives from these gentlemen and to honor and again if you're just tuning in thank you for serving our country if you are a, a, a veteran in your family Give them a high five and a hug for us. We really appreciate it. We're going to come back for one more segment here on Solid Step 3. So we've had three segments now with our, our guest today, which is not enough. These are distinguished guests. And uh, not for all those who have been guests before, but these guys here we really appreciate because they're veterans, and we want to thank our veterans who are listening, and uh, we just want to thank them past, present, and future.
1: Yeah, and I want to give a shout-out to my father-in-law. I've done this before, but my father-in-law served in the Korean War. Bill Strand, William Strand, thank you for serving in the military. Thank you for um, loving this country and for the 121 flights that you uh, made in the Korean War, and I'm really grateful for you, and uh, and so I'm, I'm grateful for you three men, and you're representing the, the veterans so that we could have a free country, and it, it, we, are, we are indebted to you, and we're grateful to God for you, and uh, but I wanted to ask you guys, uh, start out with you, Don, uh, when you see another person, in the military today, you're you know walking through the grocery store, and they're in their uniform, or they're in in a suit, uh, or their fatigues, or whatever. What 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 goes through your mind, and what do you do you do you reach out to them? I mean, how, how does that work? Generally, I want to reach
4: out. I want to know a little bit more about them and uh, find out what uh, what their experiences was, and then kind of compare our experiences and. I don't necessarily volunteer my experiences, but I am interested in what they did and where they serve. And uh, if they're in the Air Force, we got a lot to car- talk about. And uh, <laughs> if they're in the Army or the Marines, I, maybe yeah, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding. How deep
1: is the mud? <laughs> um, Ed, what about you? When you when you see as a 95 year old veteran served in World War II and right after World War II. When you see uh, a person today um, in their uniform, what what goes through your mind, and do you reach out to them?
2: Yes, I do. I always try to shake their hand, thank them for their service, and sometimes have a good conversation with them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a people person, but I still like to talk. <laughs> they, they,
1: do they do, do you ever get Do you ever get to share your story about how you? Um, Joined the you know the military as a seventeen year old during World War II. Um.
2: Well, no, not really. Once in a while, yeah. maybe. But they don't ask me questions. Well, that, <laughs> that's why you're on the radio show today, brother. Because we're we're
1: yeah. we're grateful. What about you, Harvey?
3: Well, I look upon it as a
1: comradeship of of sort of
3: togetherness. We were in the military together, and so we have a mutual respect and understanding of each other also when they have the people stand at public
1: events uh, there's a degree of pride in that on, on um, Memorial Day do you, do you guys go to the parades do you guys go to the, the special events? sorry to say I do not you do not no. do you ever go Ed have yeah, you I do sometimes when okay
2: I they're gonna have one this Memorial Day. Close to Southeast Christian, aren't
1: they? I think so. Yes, yeah. yes. We, I, you know, I have my card. Now, yep. Ed, Ed, you've been to the Honor Flight.
0: You've been on the Honor Flight, the Kentucky Honor Flight. Yeah, in twenty eighteen, and they you, tell, talk a little bit about that just quickly. What, what well, it
2: was. it was me and my son who served in Vietnam, and had two brothers. Well, the four of us went together. Oh wow! And it was the greatest trip we ever took to mm-hmm. Washington. A sad trip, but a happy trip. Uh, the people on the airplane were great to you. Everybody was great. Everybody was waiting at the airport and we got back. It was it was really good. Mm. When traded for anything.
1: That's that's awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you guys if you had uh, an opportunity to talk to some eighteen, you know, twenty year old young lady or young man who was thinking and just kind of weighing in their mind back and forth, should I join the military? I'm thinking about it, but maybe I shouldn't what would you tell them?
2: I wouldn't want to tell them too much. You know, if something happened to them, I wouldn't want to be responsible for it. Yeah, uh, You never know what's going to happen to you when you leave. That's you know, true. So you get up today and fall on banana peel. Yeah. But, uh, no,
3: I, I would make sure that they are serious about the decision they're about to make. It's not to be taken lightly because a lot of them get in and don't like it and get out and get court-martialed or whatever and it's not what they thought it was going to be. Mm. It's not like home life.
1: Or living in the basement. Let me ask you um and then I'm going to I'm going to punt it back over to Colonel to Don, but if if what is what is one thing that you I, I that as as a civilian I I've not served. Did I already ask this? Um what would you what would you want us civilians to know about the military? Don?
4: Oh, well I never planned to go in the military, but I got a letter from the president that says you're going to go. I went and I would just say other than finding Christ and my wife it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it built in a discipline that I didn't necessarily have. It gave me focus, it gave me opportunities to come on programs like this and tell of the experience. So it was a great personal experience. And I think most of the people uh, would probably appreciate it.
1: Mm. What about you, Ed?
2: I don't really have an answer for that. That's
1: okay. That's okay. Harvey, what about you? Your question was? If you, what's something that you would want us civilians to know about the military and your military experience? Is there something that you would want us to know? Yeah, I would think so. It was not an easy life.
3: We gave up a lot during that period of time when we were gone. Mm. So there was sacrifice mm. involved.
1: Yes. Well, I, I, you know, thank you.
3: Some greater than others. Yes, yes.
1: Well, uh, you know, uh, we are wrapping our time up, and I just, again, want to thank you guys. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your willingness to... Um, go in the military and so that we could have a free country. And again, listeners, if you see a veteran this, uh, you know, really anytime, I think it's appropriate to thank them. And, uh, but ultimately, we want to thank uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. We, the reason why we, you know, we value freedom, the Bible says, uh, Paul, say, talking to the Galatians, he said it is for freedom that Christ has set us free, the ultimate freedom is not just a, a, a nation freedom or a, a national freedom or a, a freedom uh, on this earth, but a freedom that we can have in a relationship with Jesus Christ and we can be born again, and that's ultimate freedom when we have our, our Savior walking with him. What were you going to say, Chad? I was
0: just going to ask in to break. Uh, Don said something that I thought was pretty interesting about Patriotism—that how what patri- patriotism was like back then, and what patriotism is like now, and how that affects the military.
4: Yeah, well, I, I may be viewing it from a different perspective, but I, I think the generation I grew up with, through the '60s, we sort of lost a lot of our patriotism. We focused on the, the problems of America rather than the opportunities America has provided for us and the rest of the world. So. I'd like to think I'm more patriotic than I used to be.
1: Mm. Yes. yes, thank you. Well, guys, our time is wrapped up. Thank you for being on our show. Thanks for coming in, and again, thank you for serving. I'm going to ask Harvey. Harvey, would you close us out and pray? Yes. And just uh, just give
3: thanks for our veterans. To hitchhike on what Don said, I don't think we ever lose our patriotism mm. once we've been in the military. The military. Yes. 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 Anyway, thank you, Harvey. Gracious Heavenly Father. First of all, we thank you for the awesome God that you are who gave the ultimate sacrifice, your son, Jesus Christ. We thank thee that we live in a free nation. We thank thee for the price that's been paid by so many uh, to have this freedom. We thank thee for this opportunity to celebrate uh, in this time that we recognize the victims uh, and their duties that they gave for this service. We thank thee for this time together. And uh, thank thee for the blessings you bestow us on us each and every day. Ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: So, you listeners, you. Uh, if you depending on when you hear this, we need to thank our veterans. And uh, I'm thankful for these men. I- I'll be very honest. I was a coward in high school, and I was thinking, how can I get out of going to war? And I look at men who have served and women, and I thank you that you were brave enough and man enough. Uh, that was one of my biggest regrets in life, not going in the military, and I'm thankful for those who did. So happy Veterans Day. Thank you, veterans, for your service. Thank you for listening. Solid I am
3: standing.